Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. Megachurches reveal a lot about today's balancing act between religion and freedom. Nowhere is this more in evidence than at a certain establishment in beautiful Sun Valley, California. Here to fill us in is Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, which is the sponsor of this program. Lincoln, what's going on out there? John MacArthur. Oh, John MacArthur. I boosted in Liberty Magazine recently because since the onset of COVID, one of the tragedies of our panic is right out of the gate, we were restricting, and most states were uh, the same. They were restricting church attendance, believing that it was a very risky environment, which it is in a general sense, you know, with people close together. But even as parts of normal life have been uh, resumed, the church is still under a bit of a cloud, and many still do not meet, and those that meet can't sing hymns generally. So I was very impressed when Pastor John MacArthur of the Grace Community Church in the Los Angeles area, a mega church of 3,000 plus members. When I attended, there were 3,000 in just the one of the two services. So many people were flocking there. And he was challenging the state, the governor, and he were pretty much verbally fighting with each other. And and, uh, MacArthur was fending off court cases and ongoing fines and the whole deal. And he stuck to his guns. And I admired him for that and still do. And that's the way that we treated him in Liberty Magazine. It doesn't have to be right in every regard, but he stood by his conscience and they were prepared to take, he and his members and and the staff, they were prepared to pay the consequence of the restrictions, but they believed that worshipping was more important. I didn't like the fact that they weren't great on masks and social distancing. That's sort of an aside. But now there's the most strange development. He's been reported at the beginning of March... Uh, speaking out publicly, saying that he doesn't support religious liberty. Now, this is irony to the extreme. He clearly had a certain common cause, I think, with a lot of the Trumpites and the Trump administration, and he was lauded by President Trump. But I watched his reply closely, and he didn't go overboard in, in supporting Trump or saying crazy things about he or that administration. He was just happy to be supported by Trump. So, uh, you know, I thought, well, he's, he's being very careful. But I do believe that with the collapse of the Trump agenda and the, and the abortive coup on January 6th, mm-hmm. I think MacArthur has, has had his eyes opened and, and sort of become disillusioned because now he says he doesn't believe in religious liberty. And remember, the last administration spoke much of religious liberty. Yes. But like many things in our modern world, the words have come to mean different things. What they were really meaning was religious entitlement. In other words, a very special privileged position Mm -hmm. for mostly Christian and and even then subsets of the Christian evangelical community that were being empowered by the administration and then efforts were made legislatively to give them a sort of a pathway through gay rights and other things like that. Uh, You know, it gets very complicated, but in my view, it's not what you would normally think of as religious liberty, which is the right of conscience for all people, regardless of what they believe, to believe it and to practice it and to speak about it. 
MacArthur's gotten off the reservation because he slipped into the Catholic way of thinking. Hmm. Hmm. I think on this program, once I even mentioned years ago, going to a Roman Catholic religious liberty seminar, and Cardinal Dolan was the first speaker, and he spoke well on religious liberty, and, and toward the end, he paused and actually stopped, and then he looked at his overwhelmingly Roman Catholic audience, and he said, you know, there was a time the Catholic Church would not have spoken this way about religious liberty. He said, we held that error has no rights. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was indeed the medieval attitude. The Catholic Church at its peak in the Middle Ages, and of course the whole framework of the Middle Ages was different from now. <laughs> there wasn't the concept by the average person that they had rights or, or initiative, that they wouldn't automatically think anything different than the received church. But there was such a confidence that they were the soldiers of the cross, that they had the truth, that if you were wrong, you, you would be kicked out of town if you're lucky, and if not, you might be killed. Yeah. Just because as a person in error, you were a threat to the religion, to the state, and everything. And MacArthur's pretty much saying the same thing. Because he says, I told our congregation a few weeks ago that I could never really concern myself with religious freedom. I wouldn't fight for religious freedom because I won't fight for idolatry. Why would I fight for the devil to have as many false religions as possible yeah. and all of them be available to everyone, he asked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, you know, that's nice from a certain point of confidence that you have the, the truth. The trouble is the Ayatollah whatever in, yes, yes. in the Middle East has that. Yes. The uh, ISIS cutthroat thinks that he's going to cut your head off because you don't deserve to live. And when you're talking theoretical issues on religious liberty, you have to grant that someone else might think they're right too. And you wouldn't want that person that thinks they're right treating you as though you're the one that doesn't deserve to live or have no right to be right. And so what's really come over MacArthur is this spiritual blindness. Jesus didn't condemn people automatically because they thought differently from him. It's true the Apostle Paul, when he was in his evangelistic mode, you know, he says, leave so-and-so alone, you know, he's joined to the devil or whatever. And, and then Jesus himself said, shake off the dust of a city that rejects you. But right. that's not quite the same as consigning people to hell and even hurrying them on the way or denying the right of a contrary view. So I, I think it's actually a very dangerous and troubling development that a, a good Bible-believing, upright preacher like this can slip into this sort of mentality because it's the beginning of a gross intolerance that could, with political power, which he doesn't have at the moment, with political power, that translates into legal and physical persecution very quickly. Well, Lincoln, explain something to me. What is the difference between a church organization saying, I don't care what the government says, I'm going to meet and, and gather together and not wear masks and we're going to shout and pray and just have a good time here, even though we're told not to. And then on the other side, that organization saying, no, you can't do what you're doing over there. You have to do it our way. Isn't it the same thing? Aren't they saying it's our way or the highway to both the government and other religions? Well, it could be. So unless it's based on principle, that's actually it. Yeah. But remember, what we're told in the Bible is we obey the authorities unless yes. the authorities ask of us something different from God's command. Right. 
Right. I don't see that God has given us, certainly outside the theocracy, he hasn't given us the right to persecute or harm anyone else because they believe differently. Yes. We're to, to share God's love, we're to call them, to rest from their labors, to recognize that these are, you know, idols of, of wood and iron and that, and, and we serve the living God. That should be the appeal. And as God, even in the Old Testament, says, why would you die? You know, let us reason together. We've really got to encourage that view because, like I say, a little empathy, mm -hmm. to me it's not even spiritual. Yeah. Empathy usually means you can put yourself, you can role play, you can put yourself in the other person's mindset. And, mm -hmm. and MacArthur's statement tells me that he doesn't anymore. Yeah. He doesn't has no sympathy, no understanding of a Buddhist or someone that believes that the Lord Buddha has all that they need in life and here these firebrand-wielding Christians would consign him to hell and deny his religious liberty because they don't like his God mm -hmm. or his faith. It just seems that too often religious organizations tend to move toward this McCarthyism, if I may call it that, yeah. this John McCarthyism. They say, you're going to do it my way because my way is the only right way and your way is wrong. And that may be. It may be that their way is wrong according to our interpretation of Scripture and our belief and whatnot. But still, religious liberty, as if I've learned anything from working with you for these decades— is that religious liberty is allowing people to make their own choices based on their own beliefs and dogmas or even lack of belief in dogmas. Am I right in saying that? Right, right. Yeah. And religious liberty itself is not particularly concerned with truth. That's true, that's true. In fact, it's, it's proven when you believe that the other person is following a lie. Yeah, but yeah. you're still willing to give them the human right to do that. There we go. Human right. Now, unpack that for us. What are the differences between spiritual rights and human rights? Well, I mean, it's a complicated thing. I think you can find it in the Bible, but the, the hard facts are that religious liberty as we know it primarily came out of the Reformation, mm -hmm. which was highly colored by a developing sense of the individual autonomy mm -hmm. and the rights of the individual, which was tied up to the collapse of the medieval system and the emergence of a working class, a business class, people that were not serfs, that had a right to think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's anti-religious, but it didn't happen. All of it wasn't directly a spiritual awakening. Yeah. And I think it was God working human events together to create a climate for truth to uh, propagate. But still, in defending religious liberty, it's not enough in the modern world to just go to gospel texts, you have to look at history and talk about human rights, mm -hmm. which to me is logical, and, it's, and it also gives us power to talk to non-religious people. A secular-minded person should understand just as clearly as a religious person the necessity of allowing spiritual self-determination. You know, even if that person could, in their worst moment, think, as Karl Marx said, you know, the opiate of the people, well, it might be something that, you know, for weak-minded people, but allow weak-minded people the right to indulge their weak-mindedness, because go. they're only more weak-minded if they will allow you to force them to believe what you believe. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yes, well put. But a lot of people of faith have great trouble coming to that understanding. They know better, and they should think about the human tendency, quite apart even from religion. Dictators the world over get into that mode. And some of them rule very well. You know, they get everyone ordered and doing what they say. But 
you know, what is that to human dignity and human self-determination to become a cipher in the, the world of some strong man who thinks he knows best? And, and at its worst, it means that people are sent off to the gulags, you know, people are reduced to automatons, they're denied the very right to express themselves. The human potential is diminished immeasurably by this attitude that I'm not for the freedom of anyone to believe what's wrong because I believe they're going to hell anyway. That's really what MacArthur is saying. Even though I think he's a very nice fellow, I don't see him as having a hard-edged approach. You know, his, his style is not hard-edged, but his statement and his theology is turning in a dangerous direction. It's the direction of persecution, persecution in this new world. All right, there's the latest from Sun Valley, California. Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, has been our guest. By the way, Liberty Magazine is the sponsor of this program. Lincoln, thank you so much for sharing today. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Lincoln Steed inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call 443-391-7258 or email us through our website at libertymagazine.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. <laughs>